honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I am your host, Alex Darty, joined here by joined here with Sean Smith as usual. Sean, what's going on? Ready to talk some hockey, Alex. Today on the show, we are gonna do that. Oh, yes. We're gonna break trend and we're gonna talk hockey gonna, today. We're gonna talk hockey. The Predators are running into some consistent struggles, Sean. Agree. They've lost three of four, including Monday's four to one loss to the Florida Panthers. We're going to talk about what's going on right now and possible some solutions moving forward. We also have some contract news to talk about. Not not a common thing to deal with in the middle of the season, but some news broke today. Some exciting news. We'll talk about that, and then uh, also we're going to talk about Yuso Parsonen, who has been reassigned to Milwaukee. Uh, we'll talk about what all those moves mean, all of that, plus the three-on-three draft. Mm. But before we do that, we got the puck drop. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. The puck drop topic today, the Nashville Predators honored the 1998 inaugural team on Monday. What's one thing you remember about 1998? This, this is going to come as a bit of a shock, Alex, but your boy spent the entirety of 1998 in prison. On probation. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Academic probation <laughs> in college because my grades oh, were too low. That's okay. right. But it took took all of the rest of my freshman year and the first half of my sophomore year <laughs> to get off of academic probation. Well, that's a, that's a okay kind of probation. It could have been, been a lot worse. Yeah. My 1988, my, I went on my first date. The first oh, wow. date ever. Wow. And my date, I went to go see. <laughs> I went to go see that old classic, Armageddon. Oh, what a what a great first date movie. That's right. I know, right? End of the wow. world. I mean, it was honestly pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty good first date. It's very, you know, it's some, some romance in there. Some Steven Tyler singing about, you know, don't want to miss a thing and all oh, that that's stuff. True. That's so, true. So, yeah, anyways, my first, one of my first date, it didn't work out, sadly. We only went on maybe one more date. and Well, it seems like the first one worked out, then. Oh, the first date was great, but, Second you know. Second date was a problem. Yeah, there you go. Started playing Dave Matthews bootlegs or something. <laughs> That's exactly right. So 1998 was a long time ago. The team did honor the inaugural team, and it was all part of the team's uh, unveiling of the alumni puck wall, which we were talking about before the show. is Pretty cool. It's pretty neat. A lot of pucks on that thing, because basically the rule is if you played one regular season game or, or playoff game, you get a puck on the wall. So. Yeah. Um, and the con- a- the concept is that all of these players are going to come back and sign their pucks, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. there were a lot. There, there were a lot there. Uh, several several players there: Cliff Ronning, David Legwand, of course, like all the people who were already in the building: Sebastian Bordalo, um, Andrew Brunette, but um, and several others. But there's a lot of names on there that you're just like, how would how are they, they going to get Peter Tinkrat back in the building? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the uh, the one gamer Phil DiGiuseppe to come. Yeah, I guess is he with is he with Vancouver now? I guess Maybe so. Come back and play, and they're like, Phil, come on, you got to <laughs> sign your puck. It it, it should be, I, you know, there's a there's a chance for like some some ongoing content about like f- tracking, you know, how many pucks are un, are still have to be signed and and yeah. who who's left to go. I mean, some some players like go to the building all the time. I right. mean, like friend of the show Anthony Potato, when's he going to yeah. sign his? He could what? sign his whenever. Whenever he wants. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, but let's get to the news of the day, and that is that Cole Smith has signed a new deal. And 
a two-year, $2 million deal, so he gets a million a year for the next two years. He'll be here through the 2025-2026 season. Um, here is Cole Smith talking about that deal today, as well as Andrew Burnett uh, talking about what that means for the team. You, what made you want to sign two more years here at Nashville? Uh, I love it here. I love the people. Uh, I love the fans, and especially the, the guys in here in this locker room and the coaches and everything. So I think uh, Nashville just kind of feels like home, and you know, I'm extremely happy to be here for another two years. No, that, that definitely means a lot. You know, you can always get the one year, but the extra year, two years, is uh, means a lot. You know, the organization has a little faith in you, and that goes a long way. I'm proud of uh, the journey that it took to get here, and uh, this is just another milestone, and we got to keep going from here and keep working. Always a really big part of our team. I think uh, our team identity of being relentless and, and fast and, and on pucks, and you know, he's, uh, again, I'm really happy for him. He deserves it. Uh, it's a great story. And, uh, hopefully it's just a step and many more coming up. So that was Cole Smith and Andrew Burnett today talking about the, the signing. Um, I, I just really like the, what, what Cole Smith had to say about, you know, his journey there, but also the fact that the team went with the two years instead of one year. And he, he, he pointed that out. Someone asked him, you know, what does it say about the organization saying they wanted to give you two years instead of one? Cause you know, if that's not guaranteed, you, you don't have to give him two. For a player like that, like very clearly, you only have to give one, but they yeah. gave him two. And uh, I think it says a lot about where he's come in terms of his his kind of role on the team, uh, which we can talk more about. But uh, what do you think about that, them giving him, him two years instead of one? Well, I mean, first off, I mean, I, like you said, it's not normal that this is the time of the season when we talk about you know contract extensions or, or signings or things like that. So it, it kind of caught me off guard that – this was even something that came up today. Now, him getting a new contract was not surprising to me in the yeah. sense that, like we said, this is something that he's worked incredibly hard for and something it seems like he's earned. Um, as far as giving him two years, that that shows commitment. I think it's it, – and I don't, I don't like the like the concept that, you know, you're being rewarded with two years for this year. But I think what it says is that they see that he is improving. They see a, a development trajectory for him. And so they're saying, look, we're committing to you for two more years. You've done well this season. We're going to see where you can get to, and we're going to give you two more years to keep improving. Yeah, and I think it's it's also the, the money-wise. Here's here's the thing about the money. P- people who think you know that this is too much to give someone like that. It's not. It, it it's about the it's 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 essentially the league minimum yeah. for a 28 year old to 30 year old. It's essentially the league minimum to give them a million dollar contract because. You know, unless they're a guy who is a a, a fringe AHL NHLer, which he clearly is not. He's clearly an NHL player. Right. You're not going to get anyone for cheaper than a million at the NHL level, <laughs> like not in today's salary. You know, not no. not in today's money. No. I mean, there are very few guys that you could get for for that kind of money. And, and again, like they they would have to be guys that you would be signing to two way contracts. Right. And so he's clearly not that. So, um. I think the the biggest thing about his game right now is he is probably the top penalty killing forward outside of Colton Sissons, who is clearly the better faceoff guy. Uh, and I would I would put Cole Smith even over Jakob Trenin right now. Agree. Um, although Trenin's good in that role too. Smith uh, Cole Smith has just been a really solid defensive forward. His defensive numbers are great, and he's chipped in occasionally offensively, but. Obviously, the reason he's on this team is he's fast, he's physical, he's got size, and he plays good defense. And and I think he's somebody that, that people in the locker room have rallied around a bit. 
you know, you you were there. They they gave him the uh, the solo lap at the end of practice. Yeah. Everybody tapped their sticks. Yeah. He's somebody that it seems like in the locker room um, gets a good response. I'm not saying that he's your smiles guy in the locker room or he's good in the room and that's mm-hmm. why he's there. He, he does bring a lot to the ice. But I think he is someone that you, you like to have someone on your team that, that works nonstop. Yeah. And that is, you know, you know that if you want to do something, you're going to have to outwork this guy. And I think that's what he brings to this team. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I, I, the, you know, I asked him if he, uh, if he talked to his dad. You know, I, I, I had talked to his dad a little good bit when I did that story on him, and uh, I was wondering if he, because I, I heard a story from someone else at the media today. Who, there was a, a signing like this in the middle of the season, pre in previous years, and uh, the person, whoever it was, I think it was Jim Diamond was saying, telling us this today. Asked the player if they talked to their parents about it, or talked you talked to your dad yet? And apparently, the player called his dad. <laughs> And his dad was like, "I gotta call you back. I got a fish on the line." <laughs> so I asked, I asked Cole. I was like, "Did you talk to your dad, or was he out fishing?" And he was like, "No, he, he talked to his dad." About okay, it, so. well that's that's good to know. But they're you know big big outdoors people up there, so oh, yeah. it wouldn't have been out out of the question. But anyway, so um, I think it's a it's a big big moment for him. Now, what does this mean for the team going forward? We're, we we can touch on this more because you know this this does alleviate some of the issues next year about the, you know they had so many unrestricted free agents oh big time and they still have quite a few but this at least takes care of one of them and you already got it locked in at that million dollar price tag now you can focus on trennan novak mccarran sherwood Yurianov, those guys you can focus on what are you going to do with alex carrier and dante fabro what are you going to do with kevin lankinen and then you know there's, there's a lot of options a lot of decisions to make but you know this is not one that you have to make anymore uh, and, and it's good to kind of get these things taken care of. And again, I think we touched on this last week uh, during our phone from home show. But yeah, <laughs> um, you know, there is going to be a considerable cap hit next season based on just dead oh, cap, right. and yeah. and getting somebody locked in for a couple of seasons, which these next two seasons is where that cap hit's going to be high. Yeah, at a good price. Good I point. Mean, that that that's going to contribute to the overall success of the team. Yep. Not just on the ice, but at least in roster construction and, as well. And the cap is finally going up. You know, we had this the flat cap for several years. The cap's oh, yeah. finally going up. A couple of. Uh, Three, four million each year, so that even helps you a little bit more. So that makes his value um, even better. So I think that's that's all big news, but not good news. Mm. The team on the ice, <laughs> mm. how the production on the ice is happening, or how the the performance on the ice is happening. They had the the win last week against LA, where they won two to one. That's a, that was a good win, but then they lose to Arizona, they lose to Florida at home, and now they go on the road again and have to play some tough teams. Uh, so we're going to discuss some of those results and exactly what's going on, and maybe what changes need to happen because you know I think it's it's kind of time that there need to be some changes, and there already have been a couple. So we will talk more about that uh, as we come back. But Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus is not just about property; they're about people. They're about building long-lasting relationships about you and your needs, and they stand for trust, transparency, and community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit salusrealtygroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way.
Hey, Middle Tennessee travel hockey families. The Music City Marauders Hockey Association, in partnership with Jordan French Hockey, is excited to announce that the Music City Marauders 2024 Spring Skills Camp will be held Monday, March 18th through Saturday, April 27th. The spring training program will focus on giving your player the best opportunity to be prepared for the 2024 tryout season. Coaches will challenge your player to get out of their comfort zone every time they hit the ice. Each week, players will participate in skill sessions along with sessions focused solely on game concepts. This program is designed to build off of the progress gained each week to allow players a better opportunity to apply the skills to gameplay. Don't miss out on a chance for your player to develop skills with Camp Director Jordan French and his 20 years of spring training experience prepping players for elite travel-level hockey teams. Sessions are available for mites, squirts, peewee, bantam, and midgets, but space is limited and filling up quickly. Head over to musiccitymarauders.com and click on the Spring Skills Camp link for more information or to sign up. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. So before we get going on talking about the the most recent games, I just wanted to mention this real quick. Uh, this is from Aaron Sims, and uh, it, it, we already kind of found this out a little, a little bit ago. But if you don't, if you haven't been paying attention with, to the Milwaukee Admirals, they're first of all they're really good. But also tonight, Cody Hodgson playing in his first professional game since March of 2016. So like was it eight year, almost eight years yeah. ago? Um, and uh, the reason he had to retire was because he had something called malignant hyperthermia which sounds terrifying anything malignant sounds terrifying because that movie right right <laughs> uh but uh, he signed a pto with milwaukee a week ago and he's getting his first game back on the ice tonight that's just a really cool story that, that's an it. awesome story and, yeah and he, he you know he's worked here in nashville with uh, like the junior preds and worked at ford ice with with kids on the ice he worked with my kids which Yep. Did a great job, so I'm really excited for him to be back out there. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Preds are in. You know, they're they're kind of on the struggle bus right now. They lost three of four. I think they've lost four of their last eight, maybe, or four of the last seven, something like that. But the, let's let's talk about where the issues are because without going into specific details on what happened in those games, I mean, the Arizona game, it was basically. Clayton Keller just ran rough shot all over him. He oh, yeah. was just flying up and down the ice. Then he gets Florida. I mean, kind of the same thing. And they didn't even have Sasha Barkov. I, I didn't realize that until the end of the game. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, they don't even have Barkov, and they still were kind of owning the ice. So that was pretty embarrassing. But two, I know there were two empty net goals against Florida. There were some good things happening in the second half of that game, but you know the power play just couldn't get anything on the board. But the, I, I just looked at the numbers, and the issue is where you would expect. The team is not scoring enough. The, the defense and the goaltending is occasionally keeping them in it, but it's just a matter of scoring. So here's a little breakdown for you. The first 33 games of the season, the Preds were at 3.2 goals per game. 3.2 goals per 3.2 goals per game. That was uh, that got them to a 19 and 14 record, so pretty good. Yeah. Last 14 goals, I'm oh, sorry, last 14 games down to 2.7 goals per game, a 6-7 and 1 record. So nearly a half half a goal per uh, per game less. And I think that the issue is just the the top line is starting to lose a little bit of strength and when that happens, the bite in this team is go- is gone. Well, and we this is not new. I mean, we've been talking for several weeks now about how the team needs depth scoring and they can't rely on the first line to do everything for them. And, of course, in the past, they can't always rely on your goaltender to do everything for them. Yeah. So when you see the first line lose a little bit of steam, you mm-hmm. see the goaltender not play you know, standing on his head every night, that's when you start to see the problems. Yeah, and 
the depth scoring issues just continue to be a problem. I mean, so here's a, here's another breakdown. The last 14 games, so that that 14 game mark. Um, by the way, the, the the first game of the that 14 games was the the Dallas loss, the the last second Dallas yeah. loss. So since that game, Tommy Novak, you know, outside of the top line, Tommy Novak is the leading scorer with six points. That's yeah, that's, that's not, that's not even goals. That's just six that's points. That's just six points. Six points in the last 14 games for Novak. Sissons has six. Evangelista, five. Tomasino, four. McCarron, four. Parson, and three. A uh, bunch of guys with zero, including Glass, Sherwood, Trennan. Mm. Uh, Cole Smith has one. Gurionov, two. So, like, there is a really – there is a dearth of scoring in the bottom six, even in the bottom nine. I mean, I'm just going to say in the bottom nine of this roster, outside of – O'Reilly, Forsberg, Nyquist, it's just a desert. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we've been saying, like, something's got to change. They've got to do something. And we've seen a little bit of line shuffling, and I don't know if that's, you know, a hope to get some kind of chemistry going with some of the guys, but it's it's just not working. There's There's been a lot of things thrown up against the wall in terms of lineup. I mean, even today there was a pretty, a pretty big change. Um Novak, I think Novak was on the wing with Cody Glass. Okay. So Cody Glass was centering, I'll have to look it up, but it, Cody Glass was centering a line with Novak and I think Evangelista, actually. Um, that's a combination we haven't seen recently. Um, I think Tr- Sissons was between the two Russians, yeah, Gurionov and, and and Trenin. So that's that's good. Uh, well, I, I mean, that's that's a line. So like th- that's a good example. Gurionov, Trenin, and Sissons. Who's who's your offensive punch in that line? Um, I mean, I guess uh, it's Sissons. Yeah, but that's the second line right now. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just not a that's not a line where you look out and say like that's a line that can get it done in the offensive zone. That's a pretty good defensive unit, right? That's there. a great defensive unit. But man, that's not a line that's going to go out and score a point a game. You know, and you got it. You got to find it somewhere. Yeah, you so got to find it somewhere. Um, if you want to text the show, you can do that. Obviously, you can always do that with us. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Why do the Preds have scoring issues right now? What's what's the issue? Text the show. We'll uh, we'll address that. We also have some Twitter questions later in the show. I, I forgot to mention we can we can touch on some of those. Right. Very excited. Yeah. We'll talk about some Twitter questions. But what? But as far as changes, Sean. I mean. They made the one change, so Yuso Parson gets sent down to Milwaukee. He's actually playing right now in Milwaukee right now. as we speak, and along with Cody Hodgson, who we mentioned earlier. I mean, what what are the other changes they can make? Because Yuso Parson is a guy that uh, I think it makes perfect sense to send him to Milwaukee because, first of all, he's exempt. He can go down for free. You don't have to worry about losing him. Um, I also think he has he specifically has had a really kind of downward trajectory since right. the start of the year where he started on the top line and then kind of moved down and down and down and now is <laughs> kind of literally yeah. in a different league. So uh, I think he makes perfect sense. But there's a lot of guys that you don't, know, you don't know exactly what to do with. I mean, there's other guys you can send down, like you could send Evangelista down. Is that what they want to do? You could send Philip Tomasino down. Uh, you could try to send Kiefer Sherwood down. Maybe he gets claimed, maybe he doesn't. What about, same thing with Michael McCarron. Same thing with Gurionov. I mean, like, there's a, guy, a bunch of guys here where it's like, if you keep them at this level, 
you're going to have to figure it out while they're here, but you can't necessarily send them down without risking losing them. Right, and that's that's a lesson I think the team and, and the fan base learned in a very harsh way with Ellie Tolvanen. Mm-hmm. You look at that situation, and that, that's exactly what I think they want to avoid here is what happened with Tolvanen, where it was a guy that they felt like we can sneak him through waivers, he can go down to the AHL level, play with Milwaukee, get coached up by Carl Taylor, work on some things, round out his game, and then come back up and, yeah. and be a force. Um, that was a miscalculation. They obviously could not get him, sneak him through waivers. Yeah, it was a terrible. Was, I mean, that was, was a, bad a really, call. really bad judgment. You're on their going part. to have that happen with these guys. Not yeah. many of these guys are waiver exempt. Therefore, they've got to go through that process. And while you're thinking, like, well, you know, I mean, if if they were to waive Sherwood, and like we mentioned, zero points in the last yeah. 14 games, is that someone you can sneak through waivers? I th- I think. I think that would be someone you could sneak through. I really do. I I don't I don't think he's a guy that most teams are gonna. I mean, the other thing is, I don't think you're gonna be able to trade him either. Right, but but I guess the thing is, if you're gonna try to sneak somebody through waivers, yeah, who do you bring up? Okay, well let's talk about that because there's there's several options. Um, I well there's 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 who <laughs> there's who they probably need. Right now, and then right. there's like who I think they'll probably call up. Okay, tell me the difference and tell me who they are. All right, so who they need right now, I think actually is someone with a little bit of like offensive skill. I think like probably an Afanasyev or a, if he wasn't injured, a, a Joachim Kimmel. Go ahead and get his debut out of the way. Yeah, I, but I, like I think to see Kimmel. I also think that they're they're too early on him. I mean, I he's, yeah. he's injured right now, so we can't deal with him really. But if he was healthy, I don't think they should call him up now. Well, it's it's early in his development process. I yeah. think there's a definite upward trend, and I think they like what they see. But it's also something yeah. you'd like to keep seeing in the AHL for a while. You don't want him to be to come up as like a, a savior thing, like that when they had Tolvin in that whole situation. That was no. Uh, I would not be shocked if they called up someone like Reed Schaefer. Why do you think Reed Schaefer? Because he's got size. He's 20 years old. He's uh, been in been in the at the American League level for a long for a long enough to to show what he can do, and I think it fits kind of what they think they need right now, which is like a little bit of size and right. and physicality. Um, I don't know that that's the right move, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them bring up Reed Schaefer. Now, there's there's a lot of talk, Alex, about Igor Afanasyev. Yes, um, is that someone that they a would call up or B should call up, in your opinion? Um, no, I don't. I don't think he's the. I don't. I don't think that he's going to be the answer that people think he is. Why? Why do you say that? Well, I'm going to rely on uh, on our our boy Eric. Okay. Who has given us some information about? Well, or, or he he, look, Eric is our prospects guy at at Penalty Box Radio, and he follows these players more than anyone else oh he's, he's he watches insane. every shift he yeah. watches every game of, of, of especially those guys oh yeah he's getting a lot of goals he's getting a lot of points but he's not getting a lot of goals and points that you would see him get at the NHL level okay like it's one thing for you to get, be productive and it's another thing for you to be productive in a way that suggests you could be productive at the next level could he come up and make a difference yeah I, th- I think in some way but I think his his game is still not like He's not going to come up and play center and in the right. NHL level and and be like a dominant guy. I think he's a depth guy, and he's they have those. <laughs> There's plenty of depth Is guys. Often, Osiev right now as good as Kiefer Sherwood, or as 
as Gurionov. Like, I think they're he's probably the same or worse as them right now. Right. Just just not what you want to do at this juncture. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that. Well, maybe we'll touch a little bit more on who they could call. But I have one other name to mention that I think that they should bring back ASAP, and I'll, I'll talk about that in, in a minute. As we look ahead to the next Predator Showdown, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist, ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. This segment of Penalty Box Radio Live is brought to you by the Nashville Spartans. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets. Select your game and use promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount when checking out. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. Sean, we have some Twitter questions. We, we do have some Twitter questions. All right, we're going to get to those in just a minute. Before we get to those, though, um, I just want to mention that one other change I think that they should make, and I, I teased this before we went to the break, but um, I, I think that they they got to bring Spencer Stastny back here. I, I agree. The, the, the defense is in a weird place right now because of the Tyson Berry situation. It might have to happen after they trade Tyson Berry, which has got to happen. It should have happened yesterday. But... They they need Spencer Stastny back in town because, first of all, I think he's, I mean he's been playing really well in Milwaukee, and he, we've seen that he can do it at this level too. But th- I, if there's one if there's one thing that they can if one way that you can jumpstart this team is by getting a guy that isn't just a prevent the bad thing from happening. And just get off the ice as soon as possible. Like you need a, a difference maker who can who can take a play and get it to the next level. If that makes any sense. So like Stastny's the kind of guy that he's not just he's not just going to prevent the bad thing from happening. Right. He's going to turn the bad thing from happening into a good thing for your team. And he's he's, he's an elite skater. Yeah. I mean, he's got great skating ability. He can do things with a puck that a lot of these other defensemen on the team right now just can't do. There, there's there's at least three defensemen on this team that are pretty good at def- at defending and pretty good at stopping the bad thing. Right. But not great at creating the good thing. Right. And I think Stastny's a a, a a blend of those two. Now he's not like flawless or anything. He makes mistakes. He's a little bit, a little bit undersized, I guess. But I think that if you bring him in, put him in the lineup, see see how it goes. You know, I I think he's he's proven that he can do that. So Spencer Stassi is a guy that I think they should they should bring up sooner rather than later. Well, and and like you said, that hinges at this point probably on a Barry trade, which which I yeah. think most people are expecting imminently. Alex, can we talk about Twitter questions? Yeah, yeah. You what? know, Alex, it's not called Twitter anymore. Oh, it's it's called Twitter. <laughs> It's called X, Alex. It's Have not. you heard of X? When the CEO of the company starts referring to it as X, I will refer to it as X. But okay, she so. she has consistently referred to it as Twitter in her tweets. So Okay, well, either way, Twitter, X, whatever it is, you know, the Bird app. Yeah, the Bird whatever, app. Whatever you want to call it. We've got some questions. We put out a call for questions, and it's interesting because these questions that we're going to talk about kind of kind of deal with a lot of what we've been saying. So let's uh, – first one, it's a two-parter. It's a okay. two-parter from Alex Colsty. It says, if you were Barry Trotz, 
Mm-hmm. All right. So just put yourself in his shoes. Okay. In his suit. All right. Got it. Which upcoming UFA RFAs are you prioritizing re-signing in the offseason? And which ones are you most okay to let walk or be traded for assets? Uh, prioritizing. So uh, let's, let's first of all, let's let's go ahead and talk about the, the NHL guys. There's a lot of UFA guys like Kevin Gravel and Jordan Gross and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I, But let's not even work those into the yeah, conversation. We don't need to get into that. At the NHL level, prioritizing, I'm, I would prioritize okay so let, let's this is going to be tough because the, all right rfas are different right because like you 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 are going to have the rfas back right. pretty much no matter what so like philip tomasino i'm just kind of banking that like that's gonna take care of itself maybe it goes to arbitration maybe it doesn't but like i'm not gonna put him in the list because okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm expecting philip tomasino to be to be on the team next year correct Outside of that, you got Trennan, Gurionov, Novak, McCarron, Sherwood. Okay. Of the forwards. It's a great question because there, I, if you asked me two months ago, I would have said Novak, no question. Right. Now you have a little bit of doubt about Novak going forward. Not a ton of doubt, but like a little bit. And then the other thing is, what's his contract level going to be? I mean, he's going to be like a $2 million player, $3 million player. I mean... How much if, term do you want to give? Him? And if he wants, if he goes in there saying, "I want three years at three million, like that's not going to happen. You know, like you said two months ago, Alex, we were having regular Tommy time or Tommy talk <laughs> sessions were. on this very radio. We show. were, we were, and now we're filling it in with Twitter questions. I, I think, yeah, right. <laughs> I think Novak is in a, just this, is just a personal opinion, but I, I think he's still worth keeping and trying okay. to, to sign again. I think a two-year deal is the max you give, and I don't think you go above one and a half. I think if you give him a two-year deal worth three million total, okay, that would be okay. And I think he can he can grow into that and develop it into something. But that might be the ceiling for him right now, okay? Because I think they also have some, you know, maybe regrets is the wrong word, but the the Cody Glass contract. I mean, like, I think they saw, you know, he's he's regressed so much. Like, I don't think they're gonna want to give. Novak close to that because what if he does the same thing you know so you think that maybe like Glass's performance this season is going to have more of an impact on Novak's future contract than Novak is (laughs) it's really unfair but yeah like (laughs) I I think that's I think that's I mean this is Trotz getting a a trial by fire and what it's like to sign contracts at the NHL level I mean you just don't know fool me once yeah and he knows what happens when you sign long-term contracts you have to buy them out or trade them to Colorado <laughs> so, so Novak, I think would be still be a top a top of the list. But after that, I might go Trennan. Okay, I'd go probably Novak then Trennan. Okay, what about Gurionov? I mean, he's he's come in, he's he's playing fine. Is that someone you need to, you want to re up with, or is that it's not a pri- it's not a priority for me? You're willing to let him walk. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I think what, so. and what about what about McCarron and Sherwood? I think. Uh, same. I, I think maybe maybe McCarron over Sherwood. Okay. Um for a culture reason. <laughs> okay. I think I think McCarron's just a great dude in that locker room and I think they really like him. Uh I also think he'd be really cheap. I okay. Think I think that's they're fair. both twenty eight, but I think McCarron probably would sign for, for pretty cheap and uh, probably he probably would do a one or two year deal at eight hundred or nine hundred or something. He's he's also really big. 
Yeah, size wise, you, you got that. He's you know, if, if the team's like, we that. need to get taller, then I mean, he really helps out the overall. Sherwood's sure not getting any taller. No, he, he helps out the overall inches above six feet. So yeah. I mean, that's really a big important stat. And we're still answering this question from this this right. Twitter user, but uh, the other ones uh, we haven't talked about the defense yet. Alex Carrier, Dante Fabro, again. Dante Fabro, I mean, if, I think that's probably going to go to arbitration. Sure. If they don't, if they unless they trade him, obviously. Well, yeah, but. And then Carrier, like, I mean, I've already talked about how they think they need to move on from and, and get Spencer Stastny up here. I think Spencer Stastny is a better prospect than him right now. I mean, if you have, if you, I think about it like this, if, if going into next year, what's your defense situation? Going into next year, I think your if your defense is Yossi, McDonough, Shin, Stastny, Lozon, and then someone else, that's fine. And I don't think, if, even if you don't have Fabro or Carrier in there, Really, I think it's okay. I know. I between the two, Fabro and Carrier, I would choose Fabro. Okay, fair. But that's also because I think he, you're going to be in a little bit better bargaining position because he's an RFA. He he, and he's arbitration eligible. So I mean, eligible. So that makes sense. Uh, you know, with with Carrier, he's he's going to have other options with other teams. He might have to fight a little bit harder. Yeah, pay a little bit more little bit longer term than you want to deal with and then the last part is about goalies but i think there's a question in there about yeah, goalies right the, the question here also from alex colsty how likely is a soros askarov tandem next season i think very likely I, I would say that's the plan that's the plan but what happens if they decide so so lankin is a ufa right and he's playing himself into a, you know getting another year getting another probably a couple years if there's a trade, this is the this is the 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 fork in the road that I think is the biggest one for the Preds right now. Right now, do I they agree. trade Soros and go with Askarov Lankinen? Do they trade Askarov and go with Soros Lankinen, and then sign Soros to some big deal? That that's and that's really the million. <laughs> it's not a million dollar question. It's a multi. It's like an eight million dollar question. It's an eight million dollar question. You know, there they are. This this rumor, I guess you could say, and it's not a rumor. I mean, I think any good NHL GM needs to know what their goalie is worth, what their players are worth, what they could get for them. But like we said last week, if you're going to trade Soros, now is not the time. Yeah, His value is not going to be as high. You're not going to get back as much as you'd like. And it, I saw something today, I don't remember who it was, said that it wouldn't just be draft picks. They would want a player back. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if teams that are in a playoff situation looking to make a run – uh, and are willing to go out and buy a goalie at the at the deadline are going to be willing to give up a player that would be a difference maker on their team. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know how likely that is. I'd say the most likely scenario is that they trade Lankinen at the deadline and bring a scar. I, I've heard up. that. I just, I mean, what are you going to get for Lankin for a backup goalie? I mean, no, I, I understand the thought, but like, what it's. I don't know. Most most teams are not looking for backup goalies at the deadline. It's not a common. I mean, it's not, it happens, but like it's not a common. It's not like everyone wants to trade for defense depth and then trying to get some sort of fast scoring winger or something. Right. But I just don't. You just don't see it a lot. I guess the thing is that if Lankinen's an unrestricted free agent after the season, yeah, and you're planning on bringing Iskarov up anyway to be the backup, the yeah. heir apparent, or whatever you want to call it, to Soros, yeah, why not get something for Lankinen? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. But I mean, again, it's just. I it's, think we'll know. I mean, I do think we'll know by the end of this year. I mean, we'll know in this year. Are they going to? You know, if they trade, if they do or don't trade, we'll know whether they're going to go with Soros, Soros, Iskarov. 
or Lankin and Skaroff next year. Right. We know it's not going to be Soros and Lankin next year, probably. Right. That's probably I, I would assume not. That's probably not going to happen. It would seem odd to yeah. me to keep Askarov in a yeah. in the AHL for another season. That's right. I think they've seen a lot of what they want to see. They're ready to see him at the big boy level, and and I'm 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 pretty sure that's what's going to happen. When we come back, we're going to preview the next week. Um, we have a, a couple weeks here. The teams are on. The team is on a, a extended road trip again, and then we'll also have the three on three draft when we come back on Penalty Box Radio Live. <laughs> Show's almost over, but your real estate journey is just beginning. With Salus Realty Group, you're always on the winning team. Their dedication to clients is as relentless as the Preds on a power play. Lace up for your real estate play at salusrealtygroup.com. Salus Realty Group, where every deal is a hat trick. And welcome back. So the Predators are on another road trip. They came back home for the one game against Florida and then are now headed to Minnesota, the land of a thousand lakes. Oh. And they're going to take on the Wild, and then they go to to Edmonton Saturday. I think it's a day game on Saturday. Uh, I think you're right. And then Monday they go to Ottawa before they come back for Wednesday against the Kings, which means we will not have a show next week. So we're going to not be back until two weeks from now. Which is what day is that? The seventh. Uh, I'm not good that good with 7th. math. We're yeah. not gonna. February seventh will be our next show, and that is right smack dab in the middle of the All Star break for the the Predators. So they, their next Wednesday is the Los Angeles Kings. That's January 31st. That's their last game before the All Star break, and then they won't, don't return until after that, which is some other game. I can't even remember now, but. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. It, it's couple. They have a week off. So it's so far into the future. You need a crystal ball <laughs> to see it. You do. And so they take on the Wild, the Oilers, and the Senators. Uh, the Wild, a team that are really struggling. I think Andrew Burnett called it a playoff game today. Just <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, uh, he did. I was like, "What are you expecting? You know, what do you? What's your message going to the team?" And he was like, "Well, it's a playoff game." And I was like, "Oh gosh, here we go. Here we go with this. <laughs> this is this is like the next. I mean." Every NHL coach does this, but it's like yeah. basically every game for the last two months of the season playoff is a playoff game. game. So it's a playoff game. Uh, yeah, playoff games start start Thursday against the Minnesota Wild, and then man, Saturday at Edmonton, that there could not be a worse team for them to play right now because Edmonton's <laughs> won like a million straight games. Yeah, and they're scoring a ton. Hot streak. You know, having said that, they're probably they're going to go in there and shut them out or something. And that and that may be the case. I yeah. mean, they've they've got a really exciting uh, pickup in Edmonton of. Corey Perry. Yeah. yeah, that was an interesting decision. Uh, an and odd then, choice. And then at Ottawa, Ottawa's you know at the bottom of the league. Uh, that's that's a, the game you got to win. Two out of three. It's a playoff I mean, game. They they got to win two out of three. And I guess let's go ahead and lump in the Kings in there. So four four out of these four games, three out of four, they have to win. Yeah, you I mean, you've got to win, if, especially if you're going in, into this stretch thinking of it as these are playoff games you need to win three or four yeah and then philip forsberg flies off to montreal oh wow for the uh i don't don't know why i said it like that uh (laughs) montreal he goes off there to uh participate in the all-star stuff that's kind of be kind of fun uh to watch because you know anytime anytime there's a local local kid in the in the all-star game it's always fun i mean there's always someone but you know well yeah at least it's a forward this time it's been so few forwards oh i know and the all-star game crazy for uh the Nashville Predators crazy. it's like always goalies and defensemen even even the year that Forsberg and Duchesne were you know head to head oh yeah 40 goal season yeah everyone was scoring like crazy that year so it was like they were like yeah not even the top 10 no. in terms of scoring 
So uh, that's the next couple weeks. Uh, so a reminder, no show next week. Next show is February 7th. But we're not done with this show because oh, no. we've got to do our favorite, the three-on-three drafts. Hit it. All right, so this is the segment of the show where we draft something. And today, Sean, we are drafting jumps. Well, this song makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, okay. We're drafting jumps, jumps today. And uh, let's just recap. I, I think I get to go first, right? Yeah, you, you know, I had a blistering victory last week after taking Dolly Parton off the board early yeah, with my did. first pick. So it's it's your turn to pick first. I'm a little bit worried because I, 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 I kind of don't want to draft this first, but I, I kind of do at the same time. Did you get what I sent you? All right. So my first pick in the number in the jump draft. Give me the sound effect. Give, give it to me again. Mario's jump. Yeah, I wasn't on my list. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm drafting. That's the most iconic jump in history, Sean. Mario. Okay. His jumping sound. I- you know, what's funny is I, I've done a lot of jump research over the past couple of months didn't preparing even, for this day, and that didn't even come up. <laughs> didn't even come up. Well, I'm glad I am glad I took it off the board because I, I really wanted it. But, Mar- look, all right, when we talk about jumps, that, that that is an iconic sound. Every kid who's ever played a video game knows that sound. It, most people who don't even play video games knows that sound. Really? It's Mario's jump. Okay. That's my number one pick, Mario. You know, Luigi also makes that sound when he jumps. Does he? I would assume so. Well, yeah, I, I guess I was I an guess. only child, so you know, we the just, shared. We sound. just played the one, the one player game. Okay, my right, first jump, and, and I've got some great options here. I'm really excited about this. Uh, so I'm going to go with the number one jump, in my opinion, happened in 1936. Okay, it was Jesse Owens. Okay, in the long jump at the Olympics in Germany. I like and it. what was great about this specific long jump, not only. Did it win the gold medal? Mm-hmm. But it disproved Hitler's Aryan superiority. <laughs> okay, so right. I'm just gonna say if you if you are <laughs> a believer in 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 what Hitler thinks, then you probably won't like this pick. Wow. Okay. But a lot of pressure on Jake over there. A lot of pressure. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so wow. We could not be too. We are heading in very different directions today. It's fine. So that's it's all right. Fine. It was a big jump. All right, my second pick is the. Um, uh, all right, so I'm going with the double jump in checkers. Whenever you're playing checkers, the double jump. Whenever you make a double jump, because that's that's, that's a that is a baller move. Whenever you're playing checkers and you get a double jump involved, you are owning the board, right? You are you're basically telling your opponent, just give up, man. I've got this. Double jump. Triple jump's even better, but I, I, those are pretty rare. Double jump. That's that's the uh, that's where I'm going. Double jump. Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, let me see where that was on my on my draft board. Nowhere. Let's see. Nope, not on there. Okay. <laughs> Next biggest best jump, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to say this. <clears throat> December 31st, 1967, Las Vegas, Nevada. Evil. Wait, okay, what? Hold on. I- Oh, okay. Evil Knievel attempts to jump the Caesars Palace Fountains. The longest jump of his career, 141 feet in the air on his Triumph Bonneville T120. He crashed on the landing, breaking his ribs, breaking his hip, crushing his pelvis, and earning himself a 29-day vacation in the hospital. All right. 
That sounds great because uh, um, if if we know anything about Evil Knievel, it's that uh, he jumps things, right? That's right. So I yeah we we're obviously going in different directions with this draft, it's fine. and that's okay. It's okay. Uh, yours are a lot. I, I like that you're going with like a historical. Here's the actual jump involved. You're gonna love my third one then because okay. I guarantee you this is not on your <laughs> not on your list. It may not be. My third pick in the jump draft is the song Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Out of all of the songs with jump in it, you yeah. picked the Third Eye Blind song? 1998, man. I wish you would step off from that ledge, br- my friend. I'm bringing it back to 1998. I think that's when that album came out. Uh, Jumper, Third Eye Blind song. Great song. Wonderful song. I saw him perform it live. Best best performance. So good. Really? Yeah. Out of all the Dave Matthews shows, I'm going <laughs> to pick a Third Eye Blind Well, I saw him perform it live in like three years ago, so it was pretty recent. Well, okay. So the song Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Wait, you went to a Third Eye Blind concert it was a, three years ago? It was, it was actually four years ago. It was Bonnaroo. Oh, man. 29, so five years ago almost. Do they, do they have a stage for sad, washed-up acts? Is that Dude, it was it was an unreal show. It was so good. <laughs> You're the only one there. It was so... No, man, Front it was row, packed. all by myself. Are you myself. kidding me? Third Eye Blind was, it was it's, one of the best shows that weekend. me and Steven Jenkins alone. It was fantastic. Singing right to me. I okay. mean, when they, play, when they played Semi-Charm Life, it was... A, a volcanic eruption in that place. It was so big. It was yeah. awesome. It was one of my favorite shows. Okay. Well, I mean, we all we all have things we like. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, I thought about choosing a song here, and and it, and honestly, when you said you had a song, I thought I'm surprised you, were you haven't drafted a song at this point. I feel like I don't want to pressure you. I'm not going to draft the song because I've I've been I've been fooled with your trickery before. You've thrown me off of picks, and I'm I'm not falling for it, Alex. Okay. Like I said earlier, fool me once. Shame. Wait. You're not gonna fool me again. No, uh, you don't get fooled again. So, look. Here's the thing. We're going with, and this is a big one. 1988 <laughs> NBA slam dunk competition. Michael Jordan dunks from the free throw line. Okay. Yep. The 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 jump. The, I had. The, so here's the thing. I had this on my list. Really? I didn't know the date, but I had this well, on my list. But yeah, go, go ahead. That's, no, it's a big – and you have to understand, Michael Jordan, biggest biggest vertical jump in the NBA, mm-hmm. 48 inches. That's wow. ins- That's four feet he that could jump from the ground. That's, and he made it look effortless. Yeah. And this man jumped from the free throw line. How far away is the free throw line? 15 feet? I don't even know. A million? I don't, I don't and know. And then he maintained his height, the Jake, arc of his jump? Jake would know. He's a basketball guy. 15 feet, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's con- it's confirmed, Alex. All right, fifteen feet. Yeah, that's a good jump. That's a good jump. My, yeah. so so. All right, so your yours is the Michael Jordan. All right, so your three picks. Yes, something about Hitler. I don't remember the first one. That's not wasn't about Hitler. <laughs> it was about Jesse Owens, an American hero. <laughs> okay, Jesse Owens, Evil Knievel, and Michael Jordan. Your three jumps. My three yeah. jumps. Mario, hit me that sound effect again. Mario. Yes, that is a classic jump. The double jump in Checkers and Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Um, Producer Jake, who wins this draft? I feel backed into a corner here by Sean's first pick. I know, I feel right? like I have, so I have no choice here. As much as I like the Mario sound effect, I, I am going to go with Sean here. That's I, right. I feel okay. like I have no other choice. You know, you know why? Because as much as you like the Mario sound effect, <laughs> you hate Hitler more. <laughs> 
exactly right. Yes, that's, that's, that's it. how we do things over here on this side of the studio, Alex. That's two in a row. That's good. That's nice. All right, so that does it for our jump draft. Uh, there's your be- very best jumps uh, in in all of history. There's no no better ones. Um, but that's going to do it for the show. We really appreciate you listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, uh, brought to you by Salus Realty Group and uh, Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans as well. So we'll see everyone in a couple weeks. Sean, you got any plans over the All Star break? You going to go up to Montreal and see Philip Forsberg play? I'm I'm no longer on academic probation, so I'm free to travel. Okay, <laughs> but I'm not going up there now. All right, yeah, don't uh, if, just tra- make sure you can tra- yeah, travel you know, outside of the country. We got to make sure. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see everyone in a couple weeks.